Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Wednesday, May 19th, 2021. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Google I.O. continues and continues to produce new headlines for us to cover. NVIDIA is nerfing the ability to mine crypto. Ethereum says it's going to go super energy efficient real soon. Microsoft 10X is officially no longer a thing. And reviews of the new iPad Pro reveal it to be an iPad. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Often the day after the Google I.O. keynote, it's worth doing another dive in, not just to collect things that I missed from the keynote, but because, you know, I.O. is a whole multi-day event where headlines continue to be made over the course of several days. For example, let's just run down a few things of interest, especially to developers. Google has unveiled version 2.2 of its open-source UI development kit, Flutter, with a payment plugin for in-app payments and Google said 200,000-plus apps in the Play Store were built using Flutter. Google Cloud launched Vertex AI, a managed machine learning platform for developers to deploy and maintain AI models. There are two new APIs in AR Core, providing more detailed raw depth maps, as well as new recording and playback features for developers. We also didn't talk about Google giving plenty of space during the keynote yesterday to their cloud computing, supercomputing, and quantum computing efforts. They even enlisted actor Michael Pena to try to explain where they think these efforts are going. For example, Google announced plans to build a commercial-grade quantum computer by 2029 and unveiled its new quantum AI campus in Santa Barbara, California. Quoting Engadget, The campus has Google's first quantum data center, hardware research laboratories, and the company's very own quantum processor chip fabrication facilities. As we look 10 years into the future, many of the greatest global challenges, from climate change to handling the next pandemic, demand a new kind of computing, quantum AI lead engineer Eric Lucero said, to build better batteries, to lighten the load on the power grid, or to create fertilizer to feed the world without creating 2% of global carbon emissions, as nitrogen fixation does today, or to create more targeted medicines to stop the next pandemic before it starts, we need to understand and design molecules better. That means simulating nature accurately, but you can't simulate molecules very well using classical computers, end quote. Lucero further outlined the company's goal to, quote, build a useful error-corrected quantum computer within the decade, end quote. But some interesting consumer-facing things have dribbled out as well. Google says it's working on a new digital car key feature for Android 12 to unlock or start your car, quoting Google itself. Android Auto is designed to make it safer to use apps from your phone while you're on the road. Today, Android Auto is available in more than 100 million cars, and the vast majority of new vehicles from loved brands like GM, Ford, Honda, and more will support Android Auto wirelessly. No more cords. To make your phone even more helpful, we're working with car manufacturers to develop a new digital car key in Android 12. With this feature, you'll be able to lock, unlock, and even start your car from your phone. By using ultra-wideband technology, you won't even have to take your phone out to use it as a car key. And for NFC-enabled car models, it's as easy as tapping your phone on the car door to unlock it. Since it's all digital, you can also securely and remotely share your car key with friends and family if they need to borrow your car, end quote. And how about Project Starline? A video booth with a 65-inch display and several sensors and cameras allowing for 3D representations of video call subjects. 
Is this the future of telepresence? Zoom is so yesterday. Quoting Lauren Good and Wired. The phrase video booth really is the simplest way to describe Starline in its current form. It's a large booth like the kind you'd find in a diner, just way more technologically complex. I had the chance to test drive it in early May. After an initial conversation with Clay Bavor, the high-energy Googler who heads up the company's augmented and virtual reality efforts outside of Google's campus in Mountain View, California, I was led inside the almost empty building and escorted to a private office. There was the Starline booth part wood-paneled and partly encased in gray fabric with a built-in bench on one side and a 65-inch display on the other. I was instructed to sit opposite the display. There were lights, cameras, and not a whole lot of action until a product manager sat down across from me. Or should I say, from a very specific angle, he looked as though he was sitting across from me, but he was on a different floor of the building, piping into our meeting through Starline. Andrew Narker, the lead product manager for Project Starline, has been bringing an Apple into meetings recently. It's a way of showing how objects present in Project Starline, and perhaps more creepily, a way of tracking eyes. Quote, I can show you this apple from Whole Foods, and I can see exactly what you're looking at, Nartker says to me after I take my seat in the booth. The image of Nartker is jarring. He is life-size and sitting directly in front of me, with volume and depth and shadows, and the apple. Nartker and the apple appear to be trapped in a clear box. Nartker is conferencing in from another Project Starline booth identical to the one I'm using. The imagery is remarkable, and the visuals are complemented by spatial audio. What I'm actually looking at is a 65-inch light field display. The Project Starline booths are equipped with more than a dozen different depth sensors and cameras. Google is cagey when I ask for specifics on the equipment. These sensors capture photorealistic three-dimensional imagery. The system then compresses and transmits the data to each light field display on both ends of the video conversation with seemingly little latency. Google applies some of its own special effects, adjusting lighting and shadows. The result is hyper-real representations of your colleagues on video calls. Volumetric video, sometimes called holographic video or just 3D video, is often captured in large multi-camera studios like Microsoft's Mixed Reality Capture Studios or this now shuttered volumetric capture stage from Intel. On the one hand, Project Starline likely isn't going to have a place in your ad hoc home office anytime soon. Google also hasn't said how much it costs to build a Project Starline booth. My best guess is a lot. On the other hand, Project Starline is a distillation of much larger volumetric capture studios. And what's more notable is that the video isn't being rendered after the fact. It's all happening live. All of the data is being transmitted over WebRTC, the same open source infrastructure that powers Google Meet, the company's main video conferencing app. What Google claims is unique is the compression techniques it has developed that allow it to synchronously stream this 3D video bidirectionally. And while it's hard to imagine this kind of tech working seamlessly over your shoddy home Wi-Fi connection, Google did confirm that the booth I was sitting in was hardwired to the building's network. One of the engineers on Project Starline insisted that the tech would work using Google's standard speed office network, no fiber required, end quote. And you thought you had to worry about the background in your Zoom calls. Whenever I need to do financial research for this show, for instance, during tech earnings season, when I have to analyze how various companies' stocks have been performing, I only ever turn to our sponsor today, Yahoo Finance. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. 
Whether you're a seasoned investor or are looking for that extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They are the number one finance destination, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. Securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors, and it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insights to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. Visit collide.com slash ride to watch a demo and see how it all works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash ride, collide.com slash ride. If you're heavy into crypto, then you probably had a bad morning this morning. We won't go into that now, but I'm wondering if one of the many factors possibly depressing crypto markets right now, is the fact that NVIDIA has started introducing restrictions for doing cryptocurrency mining using their latest and greatest cards, including the GeForce RTX 3080, RTX 3070, and RTX 3060 T graphics cards. Quoting The Verge, NVIDIA is now starting to label new cards with a light hash rate or LHR identifier to let potential customers know the cards will be restricted for mining. This reduced hash rate only applies to newly manufactured cards with the LHR identifier and not to cards already purchased, said Matt Wubling, NVIDIA's head of GeForce Marketing. We believe this additional step will get more GeForce cards at better prices into the hands of gamers everywhere, end quote. NVIDIA's new LHR cards are part of a broader effort to make its latest 30-series GPUs less desirable to cryptocurrency miners. PC gamers have been trying and failing to get their hands on new graphics cards for months due to the great GPU shortage, and miners have been blamed for part of the shortages. NVIDIA offers a separate cryptocurrency mining processor, or CMP, for Ethereum miners instead. These cards include the best performance for mining and efficiency, but won't handle graphics at all. NVIDIA's move to nerf new cards will undoubtedly drive up prices for existing 30-series GPUs that don't have these restrictions in place. It will also likely mean the rumored RTX 3080T card will have similar cryptocurrency mining limits in place as this card is expected to be announced later this month." End quote.
Meanwhile, the Ethereum Foundation has announced that in the upcoming months, Ethereum will fully transition from proof-of-work to proof-of-stake, which requires far less power consumption. So might this by itself also be putting the kibosh on graphics card mining? Quoting Cyberbriefing, Ethereum will reduce its energy consumption by 99.95% following its transition to proof-of-stake, according to a new blog post from Carl Beekhuizen of the Ethereum Foundation. Beekhuizen estimated there are 87,000 at-home stakers using about 100 watts of energy for a total of 1.64 megawatts. Additionally, there are another 52,700 exchanges and custodial services that use about 100 watts per 5.5 validators for a total of 0.98 megawatts. Based on those estimates, Beekhuizen says that Ethereum will consume about 2.62 megawatts when it switches to proof-of-stake. Beekhuizen added that his estimate may be too large. He noted that his own personal staking setup was optimized to use 15 watts, while some staking services use as little as 5 watts per validator. This means that Ethereum will no longer use the energy equivalent of a country or even a city. Instead, its total consumption will be comparable to a small town that contains around 2,100 homes. Additionally, Beekhuizen drew attention to the fact that Ethereum's proof-of-stake network will be approximately 7,000 times more energy-efficient efficient than Bitcoin, end quote. Microsoft has finally confirmed that Windows 10X won't launch in 2021 as planned. Instead, Windows 10X will be integrated into parts of Windows and other products. Quoting Mary Jo Foley at ZDNet. Windows 10X was supposed to be Microsoft's answer to Chrome OS, a simpler Windows 10 variant that was slated to debut first on PCs for education and the first-line worker market. Microsoft has been struggling to figure out how to position and deliver Windows 10X for the past couple of years. Initially, Windows 10X was going to be Microsoft's Windows variant for dual-screen PCs, including the currently tabled Surface Neo. Then, officials switched plans, deciding instead to debut Windows 10 on single-screen PCs, both clamshell laptops and 2-in-1s. Windows 10X was not designed to run on existing PCs. It was being built to run on new PCs only. It was going to debut on Intel-based devices first and possibly also be available on ARM-based PCs at some point in the future. Here is an excerpt from Microsoft's May 18th Windows 10 21 H1 post that highlights the fate of Windows 10X. Quote, Following a year-long exploration and engaging in conversations with customers, we realized that the technology of Windows 10X could be useful in more ways and serve more customers than we originally imagined. We concluded that the 10X technology shouldn't just be confined to a subset of customers. Instead of bringing a product called Windows 10X to market in 2021 like we originally intended, we are leveraging learnings from our journey thus far and accelerating the integration of key foundational 10X technology into other parts of Windows and products at the company. In fact, some of this is already reflected in the core of Windows in Windows Insider Preview Builds. For example, the new app container technology we're integrating into products like Microsoft Defender, Application Guard, and enhanced voice typing experience, and a modernized touch keyboard with optimized key sizing, sounds, colors, and animations." End quote. Finally today, the new iPad Pro reviews are out, and I'm going to go with Dieter's review to stand for the lot. Basically, Dieter says, it's an iPad Pro, but with an amazing new screen and the fast M1 chip, so if either of those two things are important to you, then it might be worth an upgrade. Quote, 
The iPad Pro is simply a more beautiful, more premium object than even Apple's own laptops. The reason to get the iPad Pro 12.9 or even the 11 is simply to get the best, nicest iPad. Unless you can specifically answer right now which app in your workflow is slowed down by the specs on a lesser iPad, the $599 iPad Air or even the $329 base iPad offer the same core features that most people really use. Except for a slim minority of people, the justification for getting an iPad Pro isn't its feature set, it's the experience of using a well-made high-end object. Until I hit the limits of iPad OS, which I hit regularly, I enjoy using an iPad Pro more than I do any other computer. The wonderful mini-LED display on the 12.9-inch iPad Pro doesn't change any of those equations. It just makes the nicest iPad Pro even nicer. And so my yearly refrain about the iPad Pro remains. If you want the very best iPad, this is the very best iPad. Just remember, it's an iPad, end quote. So the Twitter space tonight has been canceled, or at least postponed. We will still talk to Julia Alexander about all things streaming wars, but for a whole bunch of scheduling reasons, we're going to push that back a week. So no Twitter space tonight, but watch this space, if you will, because hopefully we'll have some news on our overall Twitter spaces experiments next week. Talk to you tomorrow.